Sit With Us acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to the land this podcast is recorded on. We also pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Sit With Us, the podcast. I'm Ella. And I'm Dom. And this is your invite to sit with us and chat about all things relationships, reality TV, pop culture, and everything in between. Coming up on this episode. When I was re-watching it, I completely forgot that it was me. Shame thrives in secrecy. So the more we don't talk about it, the more it's like, you're fucked. So we're back. We're back in the studio in Melbourne this time. Last yes. week I was in Sydney. Catching flights, not catching feelings. Um, no. Made it to good old Melbs. What can I tell you about Melbourne, guys? Um, it's fucking cold still. It's and cold. It's 19 today, but the cold here is different. Sydney cold is like you guys have humidity. Yeah, and I we don't need have... to wear a jacket, but you definitely need a jacket in Melbourne. Yes, you always need sleeves. You need a sleeve in your handbag and your carry-on no matter what time because you just never – what time of year it is, you never – how cold it's going to get. Yeah, it's it was it definitely was a rude awakening to me. But I will say, when I was in Sydney last week mm-hmm. and I was in bed by like 7 or 6:30, love that. It was pitch black. In Melbourne, oh, it's you now you you so a week's pass and in a uh, week it's now light till like 70 15 ish. Like, wait, yeah. it's so dark and I texted a guy and he sent me a photo and it was bright at home still. Yeah. So yeah, maybe I was like maybe that's the difference, but no. Yeah, well we're getting there now with the daylight savings which is lovely, which means more time outside, which I love that. I feel like it gives me more energy. It, does. it makes me want to do more outside yeah. and I just love that. I love it. Like we've that's been, how it should be all year round. I know. All year round. But exciting, I just remembered Love Triangle has aired. Oh, bro, Love Tri- <laughs> I binged the fuck out of those two episodes. Yeah. Like I'm like, bitch, give me more. I know. And so this will be coming out next week. So, so three episodes will be out. So you've still got one episode to watch before this goes out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Love Triangle is live. So everyone's met the, th- the six original singles. Yeah. Obviously I can't say who a favourite is, but Dom, who's your favourite? Well, um, if you're saying that in a sarcastic way, Dal, my favourite's Sam because I can't wait to give him a new asshole uh, <laughs> at some point. But, look, I think there is a really great mm. variety of singles we've got this year. Right? Like I, from all different walks of life, I yeah. think they've – they're really uh, – there are a few of them that I think are genuinely really looking for love and then yeah. a few that I just think, mm. yeah. Are you just you're not really interested. Like maybe you do want a boyfriend, but I don't really think you're ready to settle down. There's a girl, Tamira, and she just gives me a vibe like she's not really ready to settle down, mm. but she just wants a partner. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, that's the vibe I got from mm. her straight off. Well, which was weird. It was interesting. Look, it, you can't even guess like what goes down. Like the dynamics with. Don't tell me that because now I've got to wait, babes, and I hate I know, that. And I hate it too. I hate it that everyone has to wait as well. I mean, look, I've only seen up to episode six, so they they're keeping me waiting too. Oh shit! I haven't seen the finale. I haven't seen the last two episodes, but I have. Well, I was with the cast last week in Sydney doing the Today Show and all the media day, the press day, and I was with Suli, who I adore. I think Suli is lovely. just sweetheart. The, he is so funny and I don't think you get to see like as much as I wish everyone did. Yeah. But if you don't follow him on Instagram actually or TikTok, follow him there because you'll see more of his personality okay. on his socials. Yeah. Um, and some of them still have their socials because they've got existing contracts with work. Um, so some of them are actually still active oh, on that's their That's a so- bit nice, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how actually, well. Uh, I don't know. Like I kind of You couldn't liked- do that with maths. Yeah, but. I- I think mm. with Love Triangle, it's a little bit different. Maybe. It's a, it's a bit more of a grown-up, yeah. uh, I guess, experiment, I would say, really. Yeah. It, it is. It's mm. a bit more, I don't know, it's not as hectic. It's not. A, it's a little bit more chilled out, relaxed. Yeah. But it was a really great kind of insight into the six singles, the yeah. originals. Mm. Um, but I'm very keen to see where it's going to go. Yeah. Um, it's, it's my new binge. It's my new obsession. And, yeah. and we love that. And, um, I mean, it's not weird at all that Ella's just talking out of the TV towards me. I know. Uh, <laughs> when I was re-watching it, I completely forgot that it was me. I'm like, sometimes I'd be like, oh, my God, it's Ella. And then I'm like, oh, bitch, fucking just watch, watch, I completely watch. forgot that it was me when I was re-watching it in Sydney last week. I was watching it as if it was just like a norm, like another person. 
Well, because it's your your it's, voice is just like oh. it was just the but it's thing. it's so cool for me to watch it because I'm like oh my god it's Ella's voice it's, it's so, so weird. weird and I'm sure you guys if you're if you if you've been watching it too you get that kind it's of vibe but thing. yeah it's um really uh, I think it's gonna be an intense season oh, mate you guys um, gotta buckle up because I'm buckled up I'm ready like you will not believe the shit that's gonna go down in this season it is mind blowing it you can't script this shit. That's what I'm saying. Like you I love that. That makes me excited. Fake this kind of stuff. Like no producer can tell you the thing, tell you to do the things that go down. That's when you know you've you've got the casting right. That's when you yeah. know you've picked the right ones. You got a little bit of the spicy. You got a little bit of the psycho in there. You yeah. got everything. You know. Yeah. You got the fuck boys. Mm-hmm. You got to have it all. Yeah. But um, we've got an incredible guest on this week, guys. We've got Carissa, who has a master's in neuroscience and psychology, and she runs an incredible program with disordered eating, and is pretty much an expert when it comes to binge eating. And mm. as you guys know, Ella has been really open and vulnerable about her struggle with binge eating disorder Mm. and our chat today has honestly opened my mind so much about the disorder but also just about how psychology plays a huge part into this Mm. it's crazy and carissa randomly came across my profile only a few days after my binge eating episode went out and I thought it was because she'd listened to it somehow. But she DM'd me being like, oh, my gosh, you follow me fangirling. And I was like, yeah, I've followed you for like a few months wow. because of her content. Yeah. So if you guys don't know who she is, her Instagram handle, it's with underscore Carissa. Um, or you can just go into my following and type in her name. We will also link all of her details in the show notes, guys, because we want you to be able to reach out to her if you need her services. Yeah. Uh, she's incredible. She has, uh, I think, like a ebook or a yes. program. Yeah, she's got an overeating program or like an emotional eating workbook. She also talks a lot on her Instagram about postpartum wow. um, and around eating and diet yeah. and all that sort of stuff. When I shared the binge eating episode, so many people DM'd me, shared their very personal stories. And I felt like it was the right thing to do. When she slid in the DMs, I was like, okay, this is the weirdest thing ever. And it's the perfect opportunity to get someone who is such a professional in that field and knows so much about it, as well as she's also gone through through it. She's been through it so she can empathise in a different way. Mm. And we really do get deep in these two episodes, guys, that we're putting out this week. And I really hope that you get out of it as much as we have. Mm -hmm. I, As someone who has never experienced a binge eating disorder or any kind of Mm. eating disorder like that, it really opened my eyes and I think it's enabled me to uh, inform myself in a way that if I can see any of these triggers in some of my loved ones or my Mm. friends, just finding ways to help them through it and know that they aren't alone and that there are resources out there for them to get help. So we really do hope that you enjoy this episode and you are as informed and as entertained as we were and just got out of it as much as we did. I think it was just such a great chat. Yeah, it was amazing chat. And just want to preface as well, guys, if you are going through anything like this at all in the episode, obviously please do seek medical advice from your GP. We're also going to provide in the show notes other services that you guys can find. And we are sharing from Dom and I's perspective, personal experiences, and of course from Carissa, who is a qualified practitioner in this area. Um, So just want to make sure we preface that before we get into it. So enjoy this episode, guys. We really hope you enjoy it. And let us know what you think in the Facebook group. All right, we're in and we have the lovely Carissa with us today. Welcome to sit with us. Thank you. So good to be here. Thank you for sitting with us, Carissa. This is, you know, a long time coming, I Mm. think, since Ella opened up about her struggle with uh, her binge eating and her body dysmorphia. It Mm. just resonated with so many of our listeners. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I just want to thank you so much for being here and giving this opportunity to our listeners, you know, to educate and inform them on how to, you know, make that first step if they mm. feel as though they need to get help. so And navigate through it. I mean, it's crazy and I was saying this to you before, like when I was going through my whole binge eating journey, I didn't have access to the knowledge that we have now and I didn't know where to look, I didn't know where to turn and I just think it's so amazing that we're able to have you on the podcast so that you can share 
information, education, knowledge, guidance, steps, like all the things that I wish that I did have back then. And we were saying this as well, we just have so much access to free education and we're very grateful that you've taken the time today to come and chat with us. All things, that sounds like our intro, all things relationships. All things. All things, <laughs> binge eating and relationships with food, relationships with ourselves. Yep. And more, because even Dom's got her own questions as well. Definitely. I think before we get into the questions, you know, we want to know a bit more about you and I guess where your passion for working in this area started from and what your qualifications are. So do mm. a little uh, self um, a little intro on yeah, yourself. Yeah, intro. tell us. Yeah, yeah, I will, I will. So, I mean, look, I really resonated with Ella's episode about her binge eating and coming out because I struggled with, I mean, I was diagnosed with an eating disorder when I was 15. Mm. Um, I was an athlete and, you know, very common in female teenage yeah. athletes to yeah. get an eating disorder. Um, so I was diagnosed with anorexia when I was 15. Wow. And I feel like it was just like, cool, get her weight up mm. and then she's good to go. And I came out of that gaining all the weight, you know, that I needed to, being kind of spat out of this system, I felt just mm. in a bigger body mm. um, and mentally more tortured than I was when I went in because wow. not only did I have all the stuff still going on in my head, but I also was in a bigger body, which was really mm. challenging. That would have been back in the day, I guess, before anorexia, bulimia was mm. classified as a mental health issue i mean it probably was but not as much as what yeah. we're yes. seeing today yeah. right yes definitely and i think it was very much like when we thought of anorexia we thought of like someone who was severely underweight when we mm. thought of bulimia we just thought of someone who threw up and binge eating i don't even think that was actually a thing back then yeah. you know i don't even think it was well i didn't know anyone talking about it when i mm. was like 22 23 24 25 no. i'd never even really heard of it i've only really heard of it from when you told me your story, babe. Like yeah. I, I still think it's still one of those things that go really under the radar. Mm. I think, you know, we we do see a lot more about anorexia and bulimia. Mm. I know that there's there's a lot even on TikTok these days. Like sometimes mm. I'll be on my for I've you page and I'll too. like see some girls that are going through Binging. their recovery and yeah. they're sharing yes. that, um, which is really powerful. But yeah, you know, it's I think we've we've come up very far but yeah. so you struggled with mm. anorexia yeah. growing up and then get, getting out of that was that then what led you to wanting to I guess help others not immediately well okay arguably yes I became a personal trainer mm. after that experience and I was doing personal training and I, and I loved it but I was actually struggling with what I now know as binge eating mm. and I didn't I had no idea I mean at the time wow. I didn't know and so I went through that and I just became obsessed with nutrition. So I mm. went to uni and I did my undergrad in nutrition science and I came out of that and I was like, yeah, I know mm. everything about nutrition. <laughs> I'm like queen of weight loss. And, you know, so I was right, you know, I stayed in personal training because I felt like it was a really great way to access women mm. and help them because mm. quite often when we're struggling with our weight and with our eating, we go to personal trainers, we go to the gym, which, yeah. you know, is now that I do what I do, that's interesting to me. Yeah. But of course it makes sense, right? And I couldn't understand why no one was sticking to my diet plans. Mm. Keep in mind, at this point I had bulimia and I thought I was, you know, special and a lot of people with disordered eating think they're special like I oh, know I'm too good to do like you know a healthy eating plan I want mm. the strictest I want the best like right. you know they, we think we're too good for mm, wow. not in an arrogant way but in a like no I need something more aggressive harder do you think it's like a control thing totally yeah. it's a control thing yeah it, it really really is like that you've nailed you yeah. know so much of eating disorders just yeah. in that one word because I know that I even still to this day everything is like schedule calendar control yes like that's the way that i am now so maybe yeah it's i think back to bef that. before we even go further i think control definitely is something that plays into that whole world yeah. of you yeah. know eating disorders and that kind of stuff mm. when it comes to binge eating mm. let's define what it actually yeah. means yes and kind of give a rough overview of i guess how it can start. Um, we obviously know that it's a lot to do with control. Mm -hmm. But just to find what binge eating is, because I know like it was only something that I really heard about from, mm. from Ella. Yeah. And for people who are kind of unfamiliar with it but mm. know about anorexia and bulimia, just to find what 
binge eating is. Yeah. I mean, before I even define it, what I want to say is that everyone's binge eating experience is so different. Yes. So of course, what I'm going to be describing is the general diagnostic criteria yes. for binge yes. eating Sorry, disorder. I should have made that clear. No, yes. no, no, no. <laughs> but it's, I mean, people don't even know that there's like variances in it because yeah. when mm. we think of binge eating or I thought of binge eating, I thought of someone who was in a much bigger body mm. who was just kind of binging on really crap food all day and didn't care what they looked like. Like that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. But it's, it can be so many different things. So when we look at, okay, what makes someone binge eating versus just overeating which we all do and is a normal thing that people do on Christmas or birthdays mm, or whatever yep. um, is firstly it's a unusually large amount of food which is going to differ right mm. from person to person yeah what you know Ella might define as a large amount of food I might think oh that's not so bad you know yeah. I would have that in a snack if I'm really hungry so it really varies but for you it's an unusually large amount of food and the biggest thing that's absent is hunger usually mm. I mean it can be definitely when people are under eating which is well, we can talk about that later but you yeah. know often under eating and being overly hungry can lead to a binge but it really is those three big factors of or sorry four big factors of an unusually large amount of food in a you know specified time frame mm. um, that's usually quite rapid and mindless and in the absence of hunger so you know wow. just eat you know maybe yeah. you've gone out for dinner with girlfriends and you're thinking like fuck it can I swear on? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we swear here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just saying like, fuck it. Like yeah. I had pizza with the girls and a few glasses of wine. I'm going to get some Maccas on the way home mm-hmm. and pick up a block of chocolate. Yeah. And so it's like you're eating in a in a space where you're like actually full. Yeah. You know. So Every time I binge ate, I was never actually hungry. Yeah. I was not hungry. It would be usually after dinner. Yes. So from a complete novice who doesn't really know a lot about binge eating, mm. If you were to eat when you're not hungry, you'd feel unwell after that, right? Correct. Mm. Like you wouldn't feel good about no. yourself. No. Like no. A, like as in physically, you'd oh. feel unwell. It's definitely a numbing out in the same way that you think when someone's drinking to the point of being blackout mm. drunk, you're kind yeah. of like, but that's not fun anymore. Yeah. Like eating an ice cream soup, but, you know, overeating, it's not fun anymore. So there are a lot of similarities there when we talk about binge eating and then binge drinking. drinking. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just pick your poison kind yeah. of thing. It can 100%. be like sugar. It, it can be whatever. And we were talking about this before. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be that it's, you know, fun foods like chocolate or ice mm-hmm. cream. It can be foods that are classified as healthy foods, but you're still binging them. Yeah. yeah. And that's still classified as binge eating, which yeah. was news to me. I didn't realise yeah. that at all. Mm. But it's the same as with drinking. Like you can drink, you can have one or two glasses of wine, enjoy it, mm-hmm. you know, be on a happy level, but then drink to excess to the point where you know it's not going to yeah. be well for you. Yeah. You're going to feel unwell. It's it's like just negative. like a full cycle. Isn't it? I was doing like binge drinking on the weekends to the point where I'd just be intoxicated and then – because I felt so bad and guilty and like embarrassed of how drunk I got, then I would just binge eat for like four days. So binge eating obviously can affect people of any identity. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, for some reason it is more prevalent in in women. Yes. Like I think mm. that's pretty standard yeah. in, in saying that because our looks are pretty much what we, I guess, showcase to the world and mm. a lot of our worth, unfortunately, mm. is about our looks. Yeah. I do um, wonder if it's – I do wonder though like – I mean, I know. Does that it come back to that? I, yeah, yes. Like, I do wonder because the, I, we've had some men since my episodes come out, like, guys come forward and say, like, I've had the exact same thing. But I think maybe we feel like it's more women because we talk about it more and men would, like, never. Well, like, I'm, they would never. I mean, yeah. clinically, yeah, what, what are the kind of statistics? And is it because I know that there's definitely men that suffer from mm. anorexia. Like, I've seen yes. it and bulimia, definitely. Yes. Um, but. When it comes to binge eating in particular, mm. is there sex that is more, I guess, affected? Yes, definitely women, definitely mm. women. But there is a rise in men too because I think when we look at – this is very stereotypical, right? Yes. I'm massively generalizing yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. But, you know, if we think about old school mentalities of like women and look beautiful mm. and men make the money, mm. yeah. there's a shift in that. And yeah. women are like, no, I'm a bad bitch. I'm going to go to work and, you know, yeah. I'm going to bring in my own money. Yeah. And what we're seeing is that men are like, oh, making money is not enough anymore. i got to look good too. Mm. And so there's this new pressure to, for men to look good. And I think with that pressure to look good, there's a rise mm. in men struggling with body image, with eating disorders or disordered eating at the very least, yeah. you know, as we see that shift because yeah. it's not all about, I mean, huge generalization, like I said, and very old school mentality. But mm. simply I, I personally think that that is contributing to the rise in men as well. Yeah, right. So, so and and it differs obviously from between how, however you identify, but even amongst women in particular, because that's what we're mm. looking at today. Mm. Yeah, binge eating can definitely differ. Like 
in, in terms of like how severe mm. yeah. it is uh, on what foods or, you know, what time of the day you binge. Mm. Like, so what are the, I guess, what differentiates? Yeah. And I mean, we have to be quite general here because obviously there are mm. so many different levels and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone's going to have such a unique experience, but I mean, when I'm looking at someone and treating someone for, for binge eating, you've got to look at, well, what's driving this? Yes, you know, if you want to get into the nitty-gritty, there's a combination of things, right? But the two big drivers of binge eating is restriction. So people who are under-eating, constantly dieting, restriction, mm. think like forbidden fruit effect is mm. happening. Like think about wow. when you're dehydrated and you yeah. wake up on a hot summer's day and yeah. you're like, give me the water. Yeah. That is happening when we pull back on food. And then the yeah. other hand, you've got emotional eating. Mm. And this is this is different. You know, I think this is – Ellis mm. definitely spoke to this. It's like you're feeling low yeah. and it can – you know, it can look different. And I think of emotional eating. I think a lot of people think emotional eating binges mm. are like crying into a tub of ice no. cream after a break. Like that classic legally blonde thing. Yeah. Legally she's, blonde thing. You know, sitting yes. there and just like eating the chocolate and then throwing the chocolate box. Yes. And, you know, you're just crying into a tub of ice cream. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, you know, I can't say I've ever cried during a binge. But I don't think. I've, I've never cried. After? After I just would feel I never cried no not but I'm not a crier oh okay I don't really shed tears mm. um that easily okay but I would feel fucking shit <laughs> so that was bad enough but I never shed tears over it yeah interesting yeah so I mean like how that looks you know like yeah. for people who don't know if they're struggling with this how yeah. that might play out is coming home you know you've eaten well all day yeah and maybe you were restricting and so you come home and binge because you're starving but also maybe you've been really healthy and you're trying to stick to a sensible diet and you mm. come home and you sit on the couch and you say i'm not going to eat the chocolate and you just slowly chip away mm-hmm. at food and then you get to the end of i don't know whatever tv show you're watching and you're like oh my god i feel sick mm. oh well i feel sick I, and i've just had a block of chocolate or i might balance this out with a bag of chips or yeah. i might order uber eats and you know it's just this real and i think it's not necessarily the extreme emotion it's this underlying i'm not loving my job or mm. i'm in a relationship that i'm actually not happy in and i'm scared to leave or mm. i'm single and i don't want to be single and i don't even want to think about the fact that i don't want to be single because mm. i can't meet anyone yeah and it's just there's an undercurrent in your life of i'm not happy and yeah. so Food is what you look forward to. You know, mm. you might be just getting through the day and you're like, oh, I can't wait to go home and have a pizza. Mm-hmm. You know, I think some binges are really premeditated and yeah. you're like hanging, you're hanging out all day. I can totally re- remember those times mm. for myself. And then other times you've literally just had a good meal, you're packing dinner away mm. and all of a sudden you're like eating grated cheese, standing yeah. at the fridge straight from the packet and you're mm. like, how did this happen? Yeah. You know, so it can be sudden or it can be planned mm. um it's often at night you know it's the most common time we see it is okay. after dinner mum was always mum was always after dinner yeah in secret when everyone was asleep yeah like in the kitchen yeah. where were you living when you were struggling uh, my Who parents we, right with the whole fam yeah there were six of us in the house and my mum was a baker and like i have three brothers and a stepdad so she would always buy like chocolate and chips mm. and like the naughty stuff there'd always be snacks and yummy food always in the house. be snacks yeah. and yeah. because they didn't know that i was the one eating it all it would just get replaced like she would just yeah. keep yeah so i was eating everything yeah i mean six people it's so easy to hide isn't it oh yeah i know i hid it from everyone so it's safe to say that binge eating is a mental health issue because that's all where mm. it stems from mm. i mean binge eating disorder is a mental health okay. issue People can binge and it's not technically, you know, you don't So there's a difference here. So binge eating mm-hmm. and binge eating disorder are two different things. Yes. So I, if you imagine it, it's like the binge eating is an episode. Okay. And then binge eating disorder is like this is a problematic pattern. Mm. How long does it take for a episode to become a pattern? Well, and, and is it, and will it always, or is it, could it be something that you use at a certain point in your life to get through a struggle? Yes. Yes, exactly. So you can be using it. I mean, quite often they'll use time periods of like, has this happened over the past three months? You know, has it happened multiple times a week? But I would argue that if you are feeling distressed about it, because I think this is where a lot of people don't get help Mm. is they think, well, you know, it's not, I'm not morbidly obese, mm. you know, I'm not, Yeah. am I really going to go to see a doctor, yeah. to see a psychiatrist or a psychologist for this? Like this feels dramatic. Mm. So I think it's about if you, if this is causing you distress, get mm. help. Like don't, it doesn't need to meet some diagnostic criteria, you know? Is it safe mm. to say that people don't 
go for help because, I mean, number one, really, because they don't know what they're experiencing. They don't really yeah. know what they're going through. You don't really know what to say either because it kind of, in your head, you're like, this might sound silly yeah. to someone to say that I'm actually eating. And so is there yeah. somewhat, I guess, an undercurrent of shame when it comes to, like, cause, or a stigma mm-hmm. associated with, you know, weight and food. And mm. unfortunately in the mm. society that we live in today, yeah. Yeah. It, it is. Like you've got to be the, this ideal person. You've got to have perfect skin. You've got to have the perfect diet. You've got to eat fucking six things of greens a day and all this shit. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, and drink five litres of water or whatever shit. And you know have what all I mean? your supplements and all the rest of it. There's just like a massive list for us day So day. There's, there, yeah. there would be this stigma with going to the doctor and being like, okay, I don't know if there is something wrong with me, but there definitely feels like there is something mm. wrong. So yeah. I, what advice would you give to someone who mm. is experiencing something? It could be binge eating. It could be the binging eating disorder where they're doing it mm. like constantly. What advice would you give to people to make that first step, I guess, to going to get help? Because that's the the first step's always the hardest, isn't it? Yeah, mm. it is. I think that if you tell someone that you trust and you love, that doesn't have to be necessarily a health professional, their reaction is usually quite telling. They're like, whoa. Mm. And you're like, oh, wow, this isn't normal, you know? Yeah. And you also, I would like to hope that the person you're choosing is it's going to be a safe space for you mm. to yeah. tell them. Yeah. And then it kind of is, it goes from being like this weird thing that you're like, am I just fat and lazy? Which mm. is what I thought. I was like, I'm just a fat bitch that has yeah. no self-control. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what do I need to go to a doctor for? Like, yeah. get your shit together, Carissa. Like, mm. stop eating. So that mm. would be a lot of people's thinking. Oh, yeah. That's, so that many. was my thought too. Like I was always thinking, this is so silly. You can just stop, Ella. Yes. Like just stop. Just then, stop. Just stop. But then that would make you hate yourself more, right? Yeah. Well, and like I just could be disappointed I, in yourself more because yeah. you're like, well, there's nothing wrong with you, but you mm. keep doing this. Yeah. And I look at my life oh, and I always God. like reflect and look at my life and be like, you have a great job. You have great friends. Yeah. You live in a, f- a home with a roof. Over. You're like, you have a good life, yeah. Ella. What is wrong with you? There's people out there who are actually, you know, dying because they don't have food and here you are eating excessive amount like I would go so hard on myself yeah and it's probably still why I am really hard on myself with every area of my life yeah um, whether it's looks whether it's my job whether it's anything like yeah. I'm still like so hard on myself yeah um and I did find that I was always like that throughout my binge eating but it was still it, it's like it wasn't hard enough because mm. obviously I didn't stop for a very long time yeah so it just I mean for me then it got to a certain point where I was like okay you've got two choices <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, it's yeah. Like either so keep going. you finally got to that point on your own because you like mm. it was just I guess you end of your yeah, your tether kind of thing. Yeah, right? it was. But for a lot of people, there might not be that point where they know that mm. it's the moment to pivot in their life. And it definitely do, still stays with you. Like yeah. it's not something that just goes away forever. Of course. Like yeah. I still definitely have my moments. Even last year when I was traveling, I was in Sydney for like six months of the year last year, fresh off maths. There was, I didn't work out at all. Like all of my routine went out the window. And you even know like now that I have more of balance in my life, I'm back to where I was. But last year was just fucked. Like I was traveling. I was drinking so much more. I was eating on the go all the time. There was absolutely no structure. So I fell back into all of my old binge eating thoughts, like the self-talk, the routine of it. Mm. Like who cares? You're already this way. Plus I was going through a bit of a public breakup, Mm. which was fucking shit. Um, And like all the other layers to life that was changing. But it just like reopened Mm. the scary pathway yeah back to those areas so it's safe Um, to say like going through difficult times in your life mm -hmm. it's always going to be i guess there there are going to be triggers whether that be you know you're struggling with a relationship Mm -hmm. or or this you're having trouble with your job and you're stressed out and you take Mm. you know that binge eating becomes that like emotional comfort for you even though you know Mm you're punishing yourself and you're not actually happy about it. Which is really interesting to me coming from someone who's never struggled with that. I would say for me, and Ella knows this about me, if Mm. I'm stressed, I don't eat. I lose my appetite. Mm. So I find it very hard. Like I look, you know, Ella's told me all her story about it and it's it's fascinating to me because as someone who has dealt with mental health struggles her whole life, Mm. I'm very empathetic and I can understand it. But when it comes to the food thing, because for me, I know I've become so, like, lack of appetite. Mm, yeah. That, and I understand it, but I, I, I wouldn't like the uncomfortableness of feeling sick and, un, mm, you know? Yeah. So it is, and it, but that just makes me understand even more of how 
much of an intense um, struggle it would be because you're punishing yourself to a point where you feel severely unwell and yeah. just mm. not happy about yourself. Yeah. And I, I can empathise with that feeling of feeling so low. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was going to ask next. What would your advice be yeah. in dealing with that? Because, you know, obviously we all like to come off that we are strong and, you know, mm. we've got it all together, which mm. guys just – we, we don't all no. have it together 100% no. of the time. The, the, the quicker that we realise that and understand that and, mm. get, and cut ourselves some slack, I think we will lead much happier and mm-hmm. relaxed lives. But I know it, it, it's a struggle just to accept that shame mm. yeah. and, and just know that, okay, this is how I'm feeling, but I don't need to feel this way because there are people out there to help me. Mm. What yes. would your advice be? to someone who is struggling and knows that they're going to feel this immense shame and they don't feel comfortable talking to a loved one. Yeah. But going to a GP, what is the best way for them to approach that when they go to a GP? Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I wanted to say as before as well, mm. definitely speak to someone yes. that you trust and love, but definitely go and seek professional yes, help. Like it's course. so important. Yeah. Like you're never, we always feel so stupid and so silly and like yes. I'm not sick enough to get help. Yeah. Get, you will never not benefit yeah. from going to the doctor, mm. see a psychologist, someone that specializes in it, you know, definitely get help. But in regards to overcoming that step of shame, I mean, the antidote, I suppose, mm. to shame, obviously it's not like a, a cure-all, but it helps is when we are vulnerable and we do open up about it mm. because shame thrives in secrecy mm-hmm. so the more we don't talk about it the more it's like you're fucked like yeah. you are so broken people yeah. are gonna judge you and that just gets louder oh, and louder so Shit. Yeah. yeah wow mm. and then as soon as you start telling like how many times have you guys spoken to someone who's like opened up about something that you know is a big deal to them and you're like yeah, cool. Like, yeah. fuck, babe. So many people struggle with that. Yeah, like, literally. Yeah. You're you can tell me. And like when I started talking about it more openly last year, I did find that there were so many people that were like, yeah, like when I, I just started talking about it on my Instagram, yes. I'd like subtly kind of casually said it maybe on the podcast, you know, when this happened, so many people were like, I'm going through the same thing. It's, and wow. I'm like, oh, okay, hang on a second. Maybe I can do something here. Yeah. Like maybe I can actually talk about it. Ooh, like my parents don't really know about it, but maybe I can just tell everyone at once. Kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, like, it's important for us now that we have platforms. I think mm. it's our job really to do that mm. because yeah. so many people still feel that shame, don't know where to go. Mm. And if we can talk about it and make make it that it, there isn't shame about talking and being vulnerable, mm. you know, it, it might help. A- and it takes a lot of courage, you know, like oh, for yeah. you, for, oh. for, for, for anyone, like even if you don't have a platform, like it takes so much courage oh, and bravery to speak oh up to a friend or family member, whether yeah. it's about your mental health or your eating disorder, whatever it may be. Like it takes so much bravery to do that. It yeah. really does. And we hope that us sharing our different, you know, journeys inspires others or motivates others to even just try and speak about it yeah. in the smallest way. It doesn't have to be the biggest way. And I guess on the food side of binge eating, yeah, I tried flexible dieting things. I tried the macro accounting. I tried the science-based dieting. I tried all those sorts of things. Um, and there's that line that, you will know, and we've all heard it before. Can you have a cake and eat it too? Yeah. So I guess what are your thoughts around dieting and food when it comes to trying to overcome a binge eating disorder? Like counting calories, counting macros. Mm. Are these all things that kind of maybe mask yeah. a binge eating disorder? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. absolutely. So if we just take remove the emotional eating side of it, mm. you yeah. can't ever, but let's just remove it for now to yes. talk about the food yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yep. When we are restricting, like, mm. you know, if, if I told you girls to hold your breath right now, mm. as soon as I let you take your next breath, you'd be like, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. get the, the oxygen in. Yeah. So yeah. when we go on a diet and we restrict, mm. you are <laughs> with yeah. food. And, and if so you, true, yeah. man. you do, and yeah. it's the same with water, because we need food to survive, right? Mm. And so that is the, that is the reflex when we restrict food. Now, if I also tell you, focus on your breathing, mm. you're like, it's like you've forgotten how to breathe. And you're yeah. like, uh, and all of a sudden you're like, what? So it's the same thing when I say, track your macros, track your calories. You're like, oh, wait, what? And all of a sudden it gets taken away from this really natural intuitive thing. Like you don't think about breathing, mm. but when you hold your breath or you are told to focus on your breathing and for listeners, like if you do that exercise right now, mm. you're like, oh, wow. 
it's it's awkward. There's it, there's not a natural flow to it. Yeah. And the same thing happens when we really try and control our food. Mm. And so it's it's this forbidden fruit effect. And look, there's two extremes like within the dieting and restriction, there's two ways that people restrict. They are either, you know, calories and macros and it's that very flexible dieting and you can have your cake and eat it too. It's mm. just as long as, you know, just have half a piece of cake or just yeah. don't go over your cows. So those types of people who are calorie counters, they'll binge on anything. Mm. They get to the end of their like, shit, it's midday. I've eaten all my calories for yeah. the day. Aww. So they've been eating on whatever because they their restriction level is just calories and amounts. Mm-hmm. Someone who is like eating clean and just, you know, want to put really good things in my body, mm. they're going to get to, you know, like a kid's first birthday party and be like, whoa, lollies, cake, chips, mm. holy crap. This is, yeah. you know, like crack to me. Yeah. And they, it's, they're, they're just so hooked. So it depends on kind of what you're removing from yourself will tend to be what you crave. Mm. And so arguably the exact counter to that mm. is having the cake, you know, yeah. having that in, in moderation and not moderation because you need to keep your cows down, mm. but like, because cake is delicious, mm. but a whole cake isn't delicious. Mm. A whole yeah. cake is actually just like yeah. sickening. Yeah. And there's a real zoning out when, when people are, are binging and mm. it's like, I would eat, you know, I'd go to Woolies when I was struggling with my binging at its worst and I would be going to Coles and Woolies, you know, at the end of the day in the bakery section, they've got like, you know, cheap yeah. goods that are yes. stale from like the yeah. day before and I'm like eating like <laughs> stuffing them in like, this is so delicious oh, and it recovered. I won't even mm. touch that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. if I'm having a pastry, it is going to be like delicious. Pristine, fresh. From a beautiful baked. bakery. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not yeah. having this stale crap. Mm. Um, and, and it's, you know, you've got exactly what you said about savouring food dom mm. it's like well, you want to savor it you want to enjoy it because it's yeah. delicious and mm. that's a missing so when we do that we're able to moderate without yeah. rules it's not like you have to moderate yeah. it's just why would you eat five so would you say that that kind of diet culture is dangerous it look i i've stepped away from being so blanket statement as that because yeah. i used to say that i used to say yeah. diet culture is bad like you know mm. it causes eating disorders and yeah. look your chances of developing an eating disorder if you are dieting, mm. don't quote me on the stat, but it's something like 18% higher, like okay. your chances of getting an eating disorder. So it's yeah. huge. So yeah, the, yeah. It, it's huge. The chances are higher if you're doing yeah. that yeah. kind of crazy stuff. I know for me, following a certain meal plan, which was, you know, macros and calories, I would ask my trainer or my health coach at the time to put in something sweet for me. Yes. So that I kind of... Well, it would help me not binge. Yeah. Right? And, like, that's what Equolution was, that science-based challenge thing that I did years ago where they would have, like, a Snickers ice cream in your meal plan every night for, you know, a week and then it would change the following week, et cetera. That's when I learned about the 80-20 thing. Yeah. The 80% diet, 20% exercise. Yeah. That's the split, isn't it? Is it 80 20? Is it 80% healthy? And then 20% freedom to eat freedom. what you enjoy? See, or This is what I don't understand, right? Like, even saying 80% healthy and then 20% naughty. Like, <laughs> why Why does chocolate have to be naughty? Okay, I understand it's not an every, it's not a, shouldn't be part of your every meal, like three meals a day. It shouldn't, yeah. You shouldn't be eating breakfast, mm. uh, chocolate for breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and dinner. Yeah. But in my head, look, as someone who hasn't dealt with it, yeah. My, yeah. And, 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 but also in the way in the way that I guess I've been raised as well, yes. it's like you eat to enjoy food. Mm. You eat when you are hungry. Mm. I mean, my nonna, you eat when you're not hungry as well. <laughs> you just eat, you eat. But like, I've never looked at food as bad food. Yeah, I think that's I'm very lucky that I've brought up in a household like that. Yeah, because I never had that. But I know when I went to high school, that's mm. when it started to change for me because I went to an all girls school and everyone was. And then I started dancing, and my mm. dance teacher's like, "No, you can't be eating that. You need to be eating protein." And yes. a lot of my friends went through eating disorders at that mm. time because you know, like it you, was like I think at in high school it was bad in the early two yeah. thousands. High mm. school, I mean. Every girl was very skinny, just having green tea all day, every yeah. day. And I'm like, what the fuck? How the fuck are you just having green tea? Christina Aguilera era. Yeah. yeah. And like everyone was so skinny. And the Remember girls- when like Hilary Duff was... Um, yeah. Yeah, well. yeah, like that was a really yeah. Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, and who else was it? Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton. All of Nicole them. Ritchie lost all that weight. Oh yeah, this oh, is taking yeah. me back. It's actually interesting thinking about diet culture and mm. like. Um, you know, celebrity world, right? Mm. 
I, it, we haven't really seen anyone go through like the anorexia phase no, recently, not for a right? While. The, the, the closest thing we've actually gotten to that has been like the Kardashians with the, like the ass and the, yes. the curves, and now them going to being so skinny. I don't know how so, their arms are that skinny, and, but they, they yes. just got skinny in like no time. Like yes, yeah. That, so that's our modern day anorexia, I would say. I would say too. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. with like no artificially else. enhanced extras, yeah. and yeah. so it, you know, if if we took the the boobs and the bum away. Like they are very skinny, very tiny, yes. very tiny. I wonder if they have a binge eating disorder. I wonder that. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. I'm, you know what? That's a really good question. And I feel like I, I mean, we are, have been in high pressure situations, TV, whatever, all those things. Their life is yeah. like on steroids compared to ours. So I feel like surely, and the amount they've got to have. Some I mean, kind if of, anyone, Chloe, because I feel like she yeah. works out to an extent with that is yeah. mental. Sorry, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like I understand, like working out is great for your mental health. But, then, mm. there's, then, there's but like, then there's like to a point where <laughs> yes, you know, the, yeah, and uh, that just goes to show that we don't see everything. We don't and know we, everything, and, and that's why we can't compare ourselves to yeah. these people. We yeah, can't. who you aren't can't. giving us all of the information. No. We need no. to just be within our own lane and mm. focus on our own selves and mm-hmm. not compare yeah. ourselves to others because totally. that's when it can start getting, yeah. you know, yeah. really messy. And that's, I guess, one th- uh, reason how emotional eating can manifest in everyday life, right? Mm-hmm. Like if we are comparing ourselves to others and then yeah. we become depressed about how we look compared yeah. to someone yeah. you follow on Instagram, right? Well, like, yeah. But it also happens without knowing it too, doesn't mm. it? Yeah, it and does. And it can also make it worse. Yeah. Like you might already be in some kind of eating disorder and then you're sitting there comparing to all these girls who yeah. you wish you looked like and mm. it's so out of reach because you you just ate two packets of Grain Waves, Crumpets, Nutri-Grain, everything. So like it just makes it worse. It doesn't, yeah. actually, it doesn't actually motivate you. Like no. when we see these people online, we're not we're like, oh, I wish, but it's not like, oh, what can I do to actually do that? This was for me. Like I would just eat. Mm, yeah you know like it's i'm definitely falling into the category of like i'll eat an ice cream i'll be sitting on the couch just in my like vegemite pajamas and then i'll Mm. scroll instagram or tiktok and i'll just see all these girls with like really skinny long legs Mm. and and like all of this and i'm just like oh fuck like i feel so bad about myself and i'm like shut the fuck up Mm. like Mm. no Mm. yeah and i'm lucky that i can do that you are lucky that you can do that because yeah because it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's so hard. And it is. Like it's so scary the world that we do live in now, the generation that we live in now with social media and, you know, it was already hard enough as it is for us when we were 16 in high school. Mm. Like imagine. I couldn't imagine. And I mean we, we were talking about this just earlier, like the 19-year-old girls who were in their clean girl slick hair era. I'm, oh. I'm just 30 nearly and I've just started that. <laughs> and there's girls at 19 who were doing better than me and with their slick hair. I'm like, what? These teenagers that. Now have to deal with not only like all the like the shit that you have to go through being a teenager, like yeah. hormones mm. and everything, but then also having the world magnified to you because yes. you have your phone yeah. attached to you, yeah. you know, twenty four seven. Absolutely, and com- the comparing of yourself to others yeah. on the internet, I, I think, know. is like the bane of life. Like, it's, I think it's actually evil. It's yeah. very it's, honest. It's very sad because I'm a thirty year old woman and mm. I fall into that trap, and I can't yeah. imagine mm. how it would feel for. 16 15 year olds yeah yeah how they compare themselves yeah and that is do you think as a professional working in your industry mm. are you seeing these binge eating disorders on the rise yeah i mean mm. it, eating disorders especially after covid went mm. through the roof and i mean there's a few theories as to why a big one is that we're on our phones all the time and we've got mm. a screen in front of our face showing our face you know we're on zoom we're on instagram we're on yeah. you know there's a lot we're on facetime you know so we're looking at ourselves through a lens all the time um so and we know that body dysmorphia is a huge part mm. of disordered eating and eating disorders and it's hard, you know, and, and exactly what you were saying before, it's like the amount of women, and I used to do this and it would drive me crazy, is I'd feel so fat mm. and ugly. Mm. And then you'd think, oh, you feel fat and ugly, like go do something about it. No, you go and binge more. Yeah. Exactly what Ella said before. It's like, it's already fucked anyway. Yeah. Just eat. Like you're already the fattest, ugliest person here. And, and that comparison mm. triggers that. And, and when we look at people with disordered eating, again, huge generalization here, in, in my experience, what I've noticed is women will have these perfectionistic behaviors. You know, it's mm. very common. You know, they're perfect. So when they're on their diet, they are perfect. Okay. They're crossing, you know, dotting the yeah. I's and crossing the T's. And it's like, you know, weighing every gram of rice. Mm. But then when they're 
bad in quotation marks yeah. it's it's like terrible yeah. and it's these extremes because women who are perfectionists or people that are perfectionists like mm. the opposite of that is like you're frozen into inaction it's mm. like if i can't do it perfectly i'm not gonna fucking try yeah it's that it's ruined i mm. want to wipe the slate clean and it's you know that comparison can really trigger oh, I've been, you know, doing so well all week, but I don't look like that yet. So mm. fuck it, what's the point? Yeah. You know, so there's so many, oh my God, social media and, and disordered eating. So we know the first step, obviously, to getting help is just the self-realization and, mm. you know, biting the bullet and going to see a healthcare professional. Yeah. Where do you go from there? Like, obviously, you put on a mental health plan. I guess, general, generally speaking, what mm. are the steps to, you know, getting yourself better? Yeah, I mean, the I suppose the number one kind of pathway would be go to your doctor, mm. get a referral, and go see a psychologist. Mm. And, and my recommendation to anyone seeing a psychologist is, you know, make sure that they specialize in eating disorders. And look, you know, I say that purely mm. based on my own experience of seeing psychologists and psychiatrists that mm. didn't necessarily specialize yeah. in it. Mm. And it was really disheartening. And then when I saw someone that specialized in it and I was like, oh my God, here we go. Like, yeah. just, this is it. They do. Yeah. And they know the questions to ask. They know the angles to come in from. And on that, um, with the psychological side, did you find that there are patterns with patients around all of the binge eating disorder and the thoughts? Was there any specific patterns that would come up? I think when it comes to the binge eating, yes, In when I'm working with women, I personally think that you attract, no matter what you're doing, I think, mm. you know, when, back when I was a personal trainer, when I was doing nutrition, and then after I did my postgrad in, nutri- mm. in psychology and neuroscience, you attract people like you. So I do feel mm. like that a lot of the people that I work with have similar traits to me and it is that perfectionistic, mm. you know, really hard on themselves, all or nothing, black mm. and white people. And so they're really, really good. I, I tend to att- work with a lot of women who are dieting. There's a lot of restriction in there. I think I've worked with maybe one woman that, mm. you know, didn't have restriction. You know, there's not mm. been many. Wow. Restriction plays a huge part. But also I think in my messaging, I'm a really big believer, right, when it comes to recovering from binge eating disorder, mm. A lot of people don't get treatment for eating disorders full stop because they think they're going to gain weight and they think what I need is a diet plan. What I need is more discipline. What I need is more, more, more kind of like going into it. Mm. And so people are scared that they're going to have their diets taken away. They're going to be told to, you know, let go of all the control. And that's really scary. And they Mm. think, well, if I don't have that control, I'm just going to blow out. Mm. And I I really do believe that it's a pendulum, right? So you've got anorexics and, Mm. you know, They've got a lot of control. It's so rigid. There's too much control. But on the other end of that spectrum, you've got pure binge eating disorder. And like, let me make this clear. People with anorexia binge. People with bulimia binge. People with binge eating disorder binge. It's just different. Wow. And it's, it's you know, someone with, who's got anorexia is starving so much that it way outweighs the binge. Whoa. So but you're not going to find many anorexics that aren't binging at least occasionally in very interestingly on the other end of the spectrum is that people with binge eating disorder are also starving themselves most of the day majority Mm -hmm. of people that i've worked with that have binge eating disorder are starving all day starving all day or they're really good all day you know they're eating like i was really good all day yeah yeah really good and then they're binging at night and they're binging every day or they're binging multiple times a week and their binges are potentially bigger than the anorexics but Mm. basically the ratio of starving to binging is just different i mean there's a lot you know there's way more to it than that yeah but to really simplify just those two points and so when we look at recovery from that we've got to look in the middle and depending on what your tendencies are and like i said my tendencies tend to be i work with a lot of women who have a lot of restriction and control real Mm. type a perfectionistic personalities because that's how I was in my eating disorder. And even though I was binging, I was underweight. You know, you look at photos of me and you think, this chick's not binging. Mm. I was underweight. But, or healthy, according to my doctor. You know, the perfect healthy weight. You know, um, but a lot of people also struggle with binge eating and they are overweight, you Mm. know. So it just depends on what type of binging you are experiencing. Depends on your treatment. So someone Mm. that's got too much control, they do need to let go. And they, they do need to just... 
not have a meal plan, not mm. have calories. But someone who's coming from a chaotic, eat whatever I want, whenever I want, mm. they actually need a bit of structure and mm. guidance into how to eat. And we need to, what you, Dom, luckily have naturally is this beautiful, intuitive way of eating mm. where it's food's not bad or good and it's not tightly controlled, but it's not crazy. Mm. It's just this beautiful thing in the middle. And unfortunately, so many people don't have that naturally. We've got to teach that. Mm. Um and so, yeah, that's why for you, you, you might have found at that point in time that a meal plan was exactly what you needed to bring yeah. some balance into the chaos of binging. Mm-hmm. Whereas but people... it's not a long-term fix, right? Like obviously no. how what you were just saying, Ella, like you, you did it for some period yeah. of time, it worked, and then there was a point in time where you were like... I felt com- you, I felt confident knowing... I guess I just understood as well more about food. Yeah. And I grew a better relationship with food. And, yes. you know, I think we should talk about that, you know. But what I think is a really important question and, you know, I know that you sometimes think it too, how do we get a better relationship with food? Or like what should our relationship with food even look like? Yeah. yeah. Like how do we know if it's bad? How do we know if it's good or is it always meant to be good? Like, uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think like the the best way to sum it up Mm. is just respectful. It's Mm. respectful. You know, it's it's not actually respecting your body to starve it all day or to mm. try and live on 500 calories mm. to, to be a size zero or mm-hmm. do we say size zero anymore, size six in yeah. Australia? <laughs> um, you know, but it's also disrespectful to eat a whole pizza and then polish mm. off a tub of ice cream. You know, neither of those things are good. Mm. And... It's, it's finding that balance and, and how I got out of when I was recovering, it was really about every food choice. It was like, is this respectful mm. to my body? And and finding a new like kind of star north for me to mm. guide because before it was like be skinny at whatever cost, be skinny. Mm. That drove every Gosh. decision to pin, to binge, to not binge. You know, it was just that was it. And then I had to change that. And then my my north star and still to this day is energy. I want to feel as energized mm. as possible. And so... Sometimes it's like I had a massive workout this morning. I actually need to have a really big lunch. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's I have been sitting at my laptop all day and I'm just going to have a salad. That's what I mm. that's what feels good to me right now. And sometimes it's I've had a long day. I do want to sit down with a bit of chocolate after dinner. Yeah. But not a whole block. Mm. Sometimes um, not half a block. Yeah, I suppose yeah. it depends on the blocks. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and I find that respect and, and just trying to find new words mm. because there is so much punishment. You know, binging can be a numbing and a punish. Mm. Um, and then the starving is also like a punishment and a control factor. Mm. And so just getting rid of them, it, way easier said than done right. This mm. is a, The formula is simple. Yeah. It, but in action, it can be, you know, much more challenging. But... For me, that I think that's the best base. Mm. What is respectful? I really respectful? like that. Yeah. I really like that. Like if you're going to eat something or if you feel like you want to overindulge and then just bringing that word like respect yourself a bit, like respect your body, respect mm. like your belly and your gut. Because yeah. there's always such a negative connotation mm. surrounding it, you know, mm. like diet culture and mm. yes. hating yourselves. But I think it all comes back down to respecting your body and mm. each day that we're alive and walking on this earth is a blessing. Mm. Yeah. And so just respecting our bodies yeah. and fueling our bodies, right? Because yeah. you wouldn't not put petrol in a mm. car No, your car wouldn't work. It's yes. just like knowing that there are people, you know, out there that are struggling alone. I think mm. really to end this segment. chat and yeah. to end this segment, I mm. think for people who are listening and they're suffering in silence, what's mm. the best, most valuable thing that you could say to them right now? You are not alone. Mm. There are literally millions and millions of women going through the exact same experience of you as you. Mm. And there is there is a formula to get out of this. You just need to access healthcare. Go to your doctor, see a psychologist, you know, talk about it. There, There is a solution. And if you need to try 10 psychologists until you find someone that clicks with you, do it. Like it is only going to get worse it doesn't get better on its own yeah it doesn't it tends to spiral and it's it's not worth it yeah. do it now 